entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood. Or this pop, this hot, or this strong. With so many different flows, this one's for this song. Uh -huh, yeah. This one I switch uh -huh, up, this one will yeah. get rid of. These uh -huh, uh -huh. two to make up shit, they crazy, yeah. they don't. Paint pictures, they just it's CBD, you back in the building. How you feeling, man? I mean, I'm feeling better now, man. Post Rona shot, that shit put me down, bro. It was bad, but I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't even say it all the way, bro, because I ain't even really helped myself the night before. Had a good time with the Fenway Park first time. Had some drinks, had some fun, so I didn't really help myself. So it was a little hungoverness mixed in with the Rona after effects, aftershock, but it was still bad, bro. I was I was out of commission. <laughs> a day and a half, I was out of commission. That's weird because like I got my joint and like that, that whole day for me was bad. Like got the shot, got on the road, had to go back home to the crib in PA. And usually that rides like three and a half hours. Took me six to get home. So I'm rushing, trying to get back to the crib because I had to drop my, my car off. I'm thinking I got to drop it off before seven. I don't get there till 7.30. So I'm already pissed, tired. I have all the side effects like everybody else did though. Like I didn't have like the, the, the chills or the fever or the body aches or none of that. Like I was just wiped out, like wild tired. And I'm just like, this 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 ain't it. See, that's the shocking part, though, bro. Like you a diabetic, so I was I was worried for you, bro. Like I was really worried. I'm like, shit, I felt this shit, and I'm not even diabetic. I'm like, ah, shit. Like hopefully Yates cool, bro, because that that shit different. Nah, don't get it fucked up. Like I said what I said, but like I was like I was beyond. I ain't never been that tired in my life. Felt like I didn't played. <laughs> Three, four games, had to go to gym class, had to do the random random athletes test, run a mile. I felt like I had to do all types of shit. Like four days, I felt bad. Damn. Like real, real bad. Damn, you was tired, tired. So, I mean, maybe I mean, maybe it wasn't just your body. Maybe your mental was tired too. Like, like that's- No, I was, I was mentally exhausted. I mean, that's the month. <laughs> right, Shout mental health, right, Mental Health Awareness Month was yeah. last month. Because today we're recording, this is the first. Um, but so I guess that's real. I'm, I guess it's real, you know, similar to the situation that's happening with Naomi Osaka and um, her Man. struggling with depression. I mean, hers is way more severe than what you were probably going through for that one day. But um, that's just a weird ass situation to me, bro. How do you feel about that? It's like, <laughs> see, like this is this is my thing when when when. When people are comfortable, they make the people who have problems feel as though that they're crazy. You know, you always hear this in, in almost every walk of life, growing up or when you're trying to break through to do something new and it's, 
oh, you know, we do this this way because that's how it's always been done. Like, oh, you you know, you'll get a promotion your third year here because that's just how it's been. Like, you know, you, you got to wait for X amount of time or, you know, that's just the status quo. And like, yeah, that's cool. But like the Constitution is like, you know, like just how it's been just how it is then we both know that needs to be completely revamped right so how can you look at naomi osaka and what she's saying or Kyrie Irving and what he's saying or kevin love and what he's saying or demar Rosen and what he's saying or countless other athletes that we've seen recently come out paul george probably the most glaring example that's basketball related because we saw him struggle in the in the bubble last year and it came out towards the end, you know, their, their disappointing run that his mental health was in question. Mm-hmm. So instead of us, oh, Paul George, he's a fucking clown. He asked, da, 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 da. you know, it was like, ah, I ain't even going, I'm going to reserve judgment on that because mental health ain't nothing to play with. Yeah. So now you got the biggest star, the only big draw that's going to get your ratings through the roof in tennis, telling you beforehand, telling you weeks beforehand, yo, my mental ain't really like, you know, I struggle with that. I'm not really, I'm probably not going to answer questions at the media, with the media. So they decide to double down as a unit, every major. All right, well, if you go and do it, we're going to find you. And then if you continue to do this, we're going to, we might ban you from playing. Not because she like, I don't know, maybe wore a cat suit or something that made the white folk feel uncomfortable since they like comparing black women to other black women when they ask Naomi Osaka anything. That's something I need to have happen. If we're going to have, if we're going to have all these complaints about Osaka and oh, she gets paid so much money, she should just be able to suck it up. It comes with the territory. Like, listen, bro, I'm not obligated to talk to y'all. I understand that's how it's always been and it comes with your profession. Yeah, sure, but you're trying to ask me invasive questions about my profession that you can't play. (laughs) We know you can't play it because you're not. And you're asking me all these invasive questions. Just imagine that. You playing in the sport, Billy. And you control it. It ain't like it's you and a shooting guard and, and two bigs and a swing man. Nah, it's just you. You, a racket, a ball, and your opponent. So you control everything. Every little thing that you do is under the microscope. So if you lose, it's on you. You're a highly competitive person. I've seen it. I've seen the group chats. <laughs> you know, you could. Talking shit gets competitive for you. So it's like, listen, man, if you lose a game and then you come down, you sit down, I'm like, yo, man, like, you know, you're, you're, the, you're a really good, you know, black athlete and, you know, you're set to play another dominant black athlete in your sport. Like, you know, how does that feel for you? How are you going to feel about that type of question? Just after you either won a close one or lost a close one in a sport that you are the face of. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to to be under. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what type of mentality you have. You're going to feel that pressure regardless. 
Now, the caveat in the whole situation is how you deal with the pressure. Not everybody's the same. For me, I'm even the type of guy, like I'm a, I'm an extrovert, but I, I also can be introverted at times. And I can also feel that pressure and be shy and not really want to, you know, say too much or when all the eyes are on me, like I don't always handle that pressure very well. So like I can kind of see where Naomi feels that that social anxiety to where it's like, damn, when all the lights are on me and I know everybody's thinking about me, like now I'm overthinking every little thing. And that's why whenever she does play on clay, um, because they've harped on the fact that she's not as good on clay, now she's overthinking it as soon as that match comes up. As soon as that major comes up, she's automatically overthinking it. Like, that's just something that happens. Like, I mean, my girlfriend is, is a great example. She's an introverted person. She doesn't like crowds. She don't like going to the mall because she does not like being around big groups of people. Now she can, but she rather like, it's not her comfortability. And so like, she'll test herself, she'll put herself in social settings to where, you know, she'll, you know, be able to work on those tools and get better at it. And I kind of push her in that, in that way, but it's an ongoing process. And it's something that she's learning at her own speed. I'm not going to force her to do something that she's not comfortable with. And that's kind of something that we have to think about when we're talking about this Naomi Osaka ordeal. It's, let's try and figure out how we can let her get better at this on her own and not shun her. But we all get why she got shunned, right? She got shunned because one, tennis as a whole is scared that, hmm, okay, we have this major megastar in our sport that we brewed and now she's threatening to not do press conferences, which brings exposure to our sports, which in turn makes money for our sport. Then as another angle, it's okay, let's say we let her do this. Now all these other players might do it. Now players from other leagues, now the leagues are saying, yo, 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 y'all gotta get this shit together. They not about, this not about to be a precedent. We're not about to have this going on because now it's going to start affecting our money. We know at the end of the day, it's about the money. It's about the bottom line for these organizations and these, and these big leagues. It's about the money and how much it's going to affect their bottom line. So, but, it, but it's just weird to me that their first thought is, is protecting the, their money, but it's always suppressing the athlete. It's never... Nah, you know, she may be onto something here. Why don't we support her? And maybe in us supporting her, it might actually bring public respect back to our league and our product and actually bring more fandom to and exposure to our to our product. I, I just don't know why that's never the thinking. See, I, I have so many problems with this whole situation because on its face, it's one of your biggest, if not your biggest stars, telling you that they are struggling with something that is like real and true and tangible. And like, it's not something that's not, you know, this one off in sports. It's something that a lot of people in sports deal with. I'm not, I'm just here so I don't get fined. It's funny. It's cute. It's a thing motherfuckers say now, but at that time, Marshawn Lynch figured y'all, you know what? Y'all not going to keep finding me for taking my money because y'all are forcing me to speak. 
So I'm going to simply fulfill my obligation by just saying the same thing over and over again. So you guys are tired of asking me questions. That's a player who had probably anxiety while speaking, didn't want to speak. That's not nothing that's like, oh, that's Marshawn being Marshawn. Yeah, but that's also something that you need to acknowledge. That's a player and a person first who isn't comfortable talking to y'all. You don't have, you saw the same game that I was playing in. Write your story. If you can't get direct quotes from me, that's okay. Just write your story. The story's still there. <laughs> Ricky Williams, at one point in time, did press conferences with his helmet on, bro. Mm-hmm. And people was painting him out to be some type of crazy. Oh, this guy quit to go smoke weed in, in, in the middle of Australian deserts. Like, I, so? He needed that man do what he wants to do. So it's like, this woman has told y'all that her mental health is adversely affected by doing something that she really doesn't want to do, but is apparently obligated to do because she's paid. He is contractedly obligated. He's yeah, that's okay, but that's also something that doesn't necessarily hold true today. I can give you the same questions. Well, the same answer that you're asking me, I can tweet them out. I can post them. I can do it later on. It doesn't have to be directly after. And this is my thing. It's a great point. These people who have the problem with this are acting as if they care about what's being said in the first place. Because Naomi Osaka was once the darling of tennis. The media loved her. Every question was just, it was guarded and they wanted to make sure that they protected her because she was a very young woman. And you know, the same thing that they're doing with Coco Golf because she's even younger. Mm. She's not as accomplished yet, but she's even younger. So if you pay attention to the questions in which that these two women are getting asked compared to their white or non-black counterparts, it's night and day. If you release the transcripts of these questions that these women are getting, and then you say and you think to yourself, well, damn, what does her being black and Japanese American have to do with why she struggles on clay or why she's great on grass? It it doesn't. So just imagine someone having to go through the trials and tribulations of the sport at a high level, wins, losses, adversity playing against the GOAT, the greatest maybe athlete we've seen, regardless of gender and Serena Williams. And then you have to get this underlying layer of unprofessional and unacceptable journalism. Because that's what it is. I mean, you're not wrong. And, 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 that, and kudos to Serena for standing beside Naomi because she said, I understand exactly what she's going through. And she, she made... She made the greatest point of saying, I know exactly what she's going through, but me and Naomi are different people. And that I handle, I handle that pressure and that social anxiety differently than she can. And some of us, that's a struggle. Not all of us are superhuman. Not all of us can, we all have, uh, have defaults. We all have, have things, in our, uh, things about us and things that happen in our lives that we're not necessarily good at. We can't all be perfect. We can't all be, we can't all be seemingly perfect either because everybody likes to say LeBron James is perfect. He's not. There's things probably that he goes through mentally that he's had to overcome. That's the mainly, that's he the main- He had to get a sports psychologist. 
LeBron James had to get a sports psychologist when he went to after, Miami <laughs> after they lost to the Mavs and and, and JJ Barea was averaging 15 points in the fourth and all that flash shit. Yeah, he had to go get because you know what was going on when we used to. We we see LeBron James gifts to him in a press conference room all the time now, getting up, walking around, doing funny shit. Yeah, yeah, it's cool now. But at that time, when the world was writing, when people like me, maybe even you, were saying this motherfucker's never going to win. He's not that good. As good as he is, he's going to be the greatest player to never win a chip. Da, 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 da. All that's obviously wrong because he has now won the chips, and we know who he is as a person and as a talent. But at that time. There was people sitting up there asking him questions. You know, LeBron is a mix of Serena and Osaka to me mm -hmm. in terms of people who and how they handle the press. Because all three of those athletes get the same type of questions. Yep. Generated by race, undertones with race, undertones with all types of things that ain't got nothing to do with what they playing. Mm. So that's why you get responses from LeBron saying, you know, y'all going to wake up and still live y'all sorry-ass lives that y'all do, and I'm going to wake up and still be LeBron James tomorrow. Literally. And it's that perspective that the media people and the writers hate because it's like, oh, you're getting paid all this money. You should give me my answers because you're obligated to do so, and we pay you, which is a thing that people seem to think. They're like, all of a sudden – the media are the people who are paying the, the athletes and not the sponsors and whatever, you know, we're not going to your money for but it's like, imagine if Osaka handled things like Serena and Serena handled things like Osaka. Imagine if your greatest athlete was also a mentally, not weak, but a mentally adverse person. Just imagine the articles written. Oh, she's guarded and I mean Serena already the gets the, the 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 backlash. She already gets she took all the shots. They were trying to take her out to take her out to sport for wearing spandex too tight because she got a body and all the white folk felt uncomfortable. You know, it's just oh, we can't have these these women playing the sport. We can't have you guys grunting while hitting the why? Why are you guys making all these random these rules random the rules all predicated off of what's going on like not everything is race related but when you see something happening enough it starts to look like that optically i like, mean your lot yeah your eyes sometimes don't lie to you if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's a duck it ain't a mongoose <laughs> you no, know, like I was, you know, I'm at work today, and you know, we're discussing all these crazy things, man. All these crazy things. Can the Lakers win tonight? Can the Nets lose? Will the Blazers go up three two? All types of fly shit, you know. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, well, look, LeBron gonna have to go Space Jam tonight. He has to if we want to win this series. It's looking real dark for y'all. Because like this, this boy Anthony Davis, like I don't know how I feel because I like that's my guy. But it's like, bro, like Chris Paul get hurt all the time in the playoffs. He might come back, he might not. But like, hey, dude, you get hurt just 
Oh, I sneezed. I tore my oblique muscle. I'm out two to four weeks. And I'm like, what? He get he the bull who get mad in injuries. You know what mad in injuries are? Yeah. <laughs> like your player go across the middle, he catch the ball, he get cracked, stick jaw, he start hobbling, grabbing his chest, and the bottom of the screen say your receiver has injured his ankle. And it's like, well, hold on, nigga. You holding your chest. How your ankle? How your ankle hurt? Bro, he used to burn me out. <laughs> I mean, Bull fell a couple weeks ago, grabbing his back. Next thing I know, they told me his foot hurt. And I'm like, look, we need something to happen badly in Lakerland because if if the Lakers lose the series, both finalists from last year have, will have gotten knocked out in the first round. Which then puts into question the whole thing about, you know, was the bubble even a legit thing? I That's mean, going to be the next thing. I don't know how I, I haven't got that far in my mind to either discuss it, but I'm just as like, a minute. I'm just like, I mean, there, there's something there. I mean, bro, I've been trying to tell you for a while that that man AD is suspect, bro. I just, it's something, it was something about him. Like, and, and it's fucked up, honestly because he's he's extremely talented like like extremely he's a top top five talent like it's insane but it always bothered me how he just didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't have that it though he didn't have that that dog 24 7 it's kind of like that lebron stuff like we talked we referenced early lebron when we used to watch lebron and sometimes he'd be timid in games and wouldn't take over and and would try to you know um you know make the right play all the time when you know sometimes the right play was just him like that's where it like ad kind of has those thoughts to where it's like he tries to do too much he doesn't just have his back to the basket and just go get a bucket like he can like we know he can do and he want to be cute and finesse and shoot mid-range jumpers and, and want to do step-back jumpers instead of just being aggressive. And like Shaq says all the time, be aggressive, impose your will, and get around the basket. You're six, you're seven-footer. You're a seven-footer. Play like a seven-footer. There's times for finesse. And that's what, that's what Joel Embiid has done this year. He's, 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 he's balanced himself out to where he does his finesse shit, but he gets down there in the dirty areas and he gets his buckets when need be. That's what AD still hasn't really fully comprehended yet. He hasn't fully comprehended when it's time for him to be cute and finesse and shoot a jumper and when it's time for him to get his hands dirty. I just don't feel like he likes to get his hands dirty enough. And that's the reason why, one, he gets so many injuries, and two, the Lakers haven't been with what we expected this year. But, yeah, I think you're right, though. It is going to taint that if y'all, if y'all lose – in this series, and, and this is nothing against the Suns because the Suns are hooping. The Suns, the Suns are, are 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 a very good team. Monty Williams has yeah. guys hooping. Like we're not taking anything away from them. But if they do lose, <laughs> that 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 championship last year will be looked at with an asterisk for sure. Yeah, people are definitely gonna look at it differently. I I'm I don't think I'm gonna be one of them guys who is like, yes, yeah, you know it's not really a full chip because like a chip is a chip. That's the season. Like I understand the aspect of no fans. We've already discussed You won that draw too. You're not about to give back your chip. Yeah, I'm, not crazy shit. I'm, not, I'm not giving, giving back no chip. No way. I don't give a fuck what nobody said. 
You know, I don't give a fuck if the, the Lakers and the Heat lost the next four first rounds. Don't care. <laughs> don't care at all. But it was it's, it's interesting that you brought up Joel Embiid in comparison to AD because, to me, they're the same type of player in a way from the angle of, you know, they're both supremely skilled bigs who can do a lot of things that other bigs can't. Yeah. They also are prone to injury more so than any other bigs that play. Now, granted, it might be because they have such a unique skill set and they are able to do so much. Like, neither one of them guys should be able to come down, handle the ball, Euro, lay it, come down, handle the ball, Euro, slam, shimmy, jump, pump, fake, dribble. They do it all, you know? But in a way, I feel like there's something that Joel has mentally that AD doesn't. Because I hold my, like, I'm a big MB fan. And I hold my breath at times when I see him falling around. And I hold my breath at times when I see him just doing normal moves and stuff because of how big he is. But I also find myself when I watch him doing those things, he's not concerned about getting hurt. When I watch AD, especially when I see AD come back from a, a previous injury, or a little nick or something like that. He turned real KD-ish, real mid-range, jab and go, jab, one dribble, pull up. And like, yeah, you can do that. That's your thing. It's not a bad shot, but it's not the best shot. And I think sometimes when I watch AD play, especially depending on where he is in the season in reference to his injuries, I think mentally sometimes he shies away from unnecessary contact down low because he subconsciously doesn't want to do the wrong thing or make a sudden move and get hurt again. I could just be tripping. Nah, I but think- I think it's a little bit of something there though, because it's, it's that mentality. You hate this guy, but when Russell Westbrook first came back off that knee injury where he had to, you know, the, the scuffle with him and Pat Bev, everyone was like, ah, he might've came back too fast. You know, he, he might not be confident on his knee. He, Russ said, fuck it. I got I trust myself. I trust the work I put in. Right. I don't I don't think AD doesn't put the work in because he does, but I don't know if he truly trusts the work. Like, like if he trusted the work, like if Julius Randle, for example, trusted the work, the Knicks wouldn't be in a position at the ring. Julius don't trust trust the work right now. He's shooting. He's shooting, he's shooting ill-advised shots. It looks like he's shooting like the game's too fast. Like he like they play in 2K on 90 and he his controller's stuck on 50. But I think that's the thing though, bro. I think to be honest, I just don't think he's comfortable. I don't even know if I mean it, like pace of the game obviously affects that, but I just don't think he's comfortable in this environment. Like we talked about earlier, like there's a difference in playoff basketball, right? So like the level of the level of intensity is different. And also you're not getting the same shots that you were getting in the regular season that you're getting in the postseason. So now your first option is basically gone. It's, 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 it's not there. It's not available. So now you're starting off with your second option, which normally, I mean, you're not even to, that's your, that's your, that's your counter. You're not pulling that out. till second quarter, third quarter. Now you gotta you gotta pull your second option out your ass from off the rip, off tip. 
he's not used to that. And that's why there's a process with these guys, you know, playing in the playoffs and, and being who they are in the regular season and then being who they are in the playoffs, because at, at the playoffs, you're, you're starting the games faster. You're the halfway mark of a regular season game is the starting mark of a postseason game. And so guys have to really get used to playing in that type of atmosphere and that type of game flow for them to really have their production that we're used to seeing. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that is, I guess, the theme of the playoffs for me right now. You know, because, you know, we, we both watched this uh, this this from from Twitter and it was a bunch of bunch of the front office guys from the Warriors discussion, which you just commented on and the difference between what playoff basketball is versus the regular season, just in terms of, you know, role players and what they do and star players and what they can and can't do. And we're seeing a lot of young guys because a lot of the, a lot of the playoffs main attractions right now are the young guys. Yeah, LeBron and KD and all them guys are still there, but like you got Luca, you got you got Trey, you got Julius Randle, even though he's playing like a bum. You got Ben Simmons to a lesser extent because John he's Moran. Still young. John Morant, like we're seeing a whole bunch of guys come in and we're seeing their deficiencies be exploited at a higher rate because of the difference in play. It's almost like. A, a, it's a different season, simply a different season. And and you alluded to it with, you know, taking away options. And, you know, we've all, we always talk offline about like players who got a lot of shit. Right. Because in a lot of ways, basketball turns into a dance. It turns into a series of counter moves and anticipation. And these guys are pros. So you're going to have the same defensive scheme and defensive game plan that's coming it's not you playing the magic one game and you playing the lakers the next game and you go back and play the magic again and you can you know hit your secondary shit nah your first your second and your third shit might not even be there you know and that's a different judge it's a different barometer of evaluating who's ready for the playoffs like julius randall right now isn't ready for the playoffs. Not to say he's not good, but he's just not ready for the playoffs because he doesn't have the secondary counter to circumvent what the defense is taking away from him. They're automatically going to take away his best options. You know what? We're going to funnel this guy to the middle with his right hand. He likes to dribble back, come back to this side of the court before he pulls up the jump shot. We're going to sit on that. We're going to do all the little things to make sure he has to go above and beyond to get a good look. And we saw with better players like Giannis last year. Oh, he can't do this, this, and this. Let's formulate an entire scheme around stopping the good things that he can do and exploit the bad. And you saw him go ghost and you saw the Bucks struggle. Like Danny Phantom? Danny fucking Phantom, for sure. <laughs> and now this year, the Bucks look like the hottest thing on the market. Mm. Large part due to the fact that they got additions on their team, like Drew Holiday, like P.J. Tucker, who understand playoff basketball and, and the things that they do great. They're not, they're not scary to the moment. They're not new to the moment. Yeah. And a lot of times when you have those players who can do 
like, okay, for example, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, those two guys were amazing last year. Oh, why the fuck would we trade them for James Harden? They're, they're going to be great. No, nah, they regressed to the mean because there's now tape on those guys. There's film on what you like to do. There's film on your tendencies. There's film on you liking to pump fake two dribbles to the right before you hit the step back, Tyler Hero, on the baseline. We see that now. Yeah. Now you got to come down and pump fake two dribbles, front crossover, step back. Now you working extra hard to get the same shot that you thought you was going to get last year. Nah. That's the difference in playoff ball. You know, and a lot of times we were talking last year to this year, comparisons and all that. Oh, well, TJ Warren was averaging like 90 in the, in the bubble. No fans. But now we got fans all over the place. So you see a lot of the role players on certain teams, you see them feeding off of that energy. And it's weird because some of them are even feeding off of it on the road, not even their home crowd. Because certain players like that type of type of adversity. Other players, you know, it's the first time it's different. Mm-hmm. But something that's that that's really been bothering me with that is like, you know, like like KD came out after Kyrie Irving got a bottle thrown at him in racist Boston. They telling me it's because he stepped on Lucky as if that's a fucking person. You know, that's almost as bad as CNN debating whether fucking Santa Claus was black. I saw that with my own two eyes. It's like, what are we talking about? These are not things that are even tangibly there. And we talked about it a little bit earlier and it's like, you know, my eyes not fooling me. You keep seeing the same thing happen over and over again. It's almost like you have no choice but to question if these things are racially motivated or are, or, or if this just happens to be one of those weird coincidences where, oh, we have a league of predominantly black players, this was bound to happen. Which is a tweet that I saw today. It's bound to happen. Bound to happen. That's crazy. Bound to happen. And like, you know, people hate Kevin Durant so much for all these things that he does and what he did and his decisions. But I think what he said about what's going on right now was spot on. Because he said, you know, I understand that everyone was cooped up in the crib. But have some fucking respect. Literally. Because I don't know about you, but all these incidents that we've seen from Trey Young getting spit on to Russell Westbrook with the popcorn to John Moran's family getting berated and all types of wild shit to Utah just doing what Utah does because they're racist. Um, Yeah, all these incidents are white guys doing racist things. It looks racist. Because it ain't like it's, oh, we got a TikTok challenge in the, in the white version of TikTok that we never seen before. And they over there just challenging people. You know what? Yo, bro, go run on this. Go run on the court. Slap the backboard. Don't worry, bro. I'll get your bail. You know, don't worry about that. You're going to be on TV. I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't understand what's going on with the fans. Yeah, man. I mean, I just don't know. It's so frustrating because I, I don't want to like. You don't want to want to I don't even want to think that it would be racially motivated but it's like I don't see no black people doing this shit. Like yeah, don't, don't spit in the air and tell me it's raining. <laughs> like, and, it's <laughs> and you can even go back in history like even the whole Malice in the Palace like those were white guys. Like 
And and the crazy part is about that whole situation is like I don't think the league or or fans are going to kind of realize what's really happening when this type of shit happens until something like that happens. Where it's like, whoa, man, like guys, man, like these are players, like like what, like you guys made too much money for you to go into stands and beat people up. What are you talking about, yo? This man just spit on me. I don't know where y'all are from. I don't know how y'all was raised, but where I'm from and how I was raised, there was no allowing nobody to, to spit on me. Like, you spit on me, I got to beat your ass. Like, I'm not allowed to back to the crib unless I beat your ass. Because and that's, and that's, that's, an that's an obvious thing that you're talking about. You know, that's an obvious thing that is something that you just don't do to people. Like, to spit, to attempt to spit on somebody in a pandemic. Who's to say that the judge in courts would say, you know, that's, a, that's that could be attempted murder. Who knows? Who knows what that judge is feeling that day? But it's like, oh, these guys are getting bans and lifetime bans and stuff like that. It's like, are they? Are they? Even if they are, if they aren't, I would rather see those people do some type. Put them on a list, no flight list, whatever you want to do. But I need something more because we've talked about this on multiple episodes about fandom and the theory that fans have ownership of the players. Thinking as if, oh, well, because you get paid a bunch of money and because you're playing something as trivial as a sport and because you happen to be doing both of those things on my team specifically, I have this unique and innate ability to be able to dictate your happiness and just how I feel like treating you on any given day. Especially if I got fucking six six cups of beer in me before the third starts. <laughs> oh, you mean to tell me this guy, I, I fucking hate this Russell Westbrook guy. You know what I'm going to do if he leaves here while he's hurt? It's not enough to say fuck his wife and fuck his kids and all types of disrespectful, disgusting stuff like that. I'm going to throw some food at him because he's just an entertainer prop to me. Like those are the fans who go to the games and don't even appreciate the fact that they're in the building. They think they're seeing some type of live version of a video game. And think, you know what, this guy gets paid millions of dollars. Who the fuck cares if I throw some popcorn at him? I, I'm a fan. I'm talking shit. No. This because is like Russ said, shit. like Russ said, you wouldn't do that if you see me on the street, my nigga. Heavy, yo, 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 can I get a pick, bro? Yo, 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 eat a dick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. It's like, that's the shit that just, it blows my mind, this the self, the fans just think they can just do what they want. And there's a portion of America who is like, yeah, I mean, what's the problem? It's it's just popcorn or the spit didn't really get on him or, you know. All I wish you would was, say like, like, I wish somebody was saying to me, yo, the spit didn't even get on you. What, yo? Yo, stop playing with me. Imagine me going into somebody's place of employment. <laughs> Yo, bro, your wife live over there? Your, your wife in the back, right? I go in there, you spit on your wife and walk out. Are you going to paint me as a guy who's just having a bad day? 
oh, well, she's a CEO. She's making 19 figures a year. Like, <laughs> what's a little spit to her? No, you're going to try to press charges on me. Assault. I'm a bad person. No decency. The whole nine. Everything that's on the rap sheet is negative. But because you're a fan, you think you have some type of ability to get it off because you know there's really no repercussions of direct altercation. The boy in Boston and the boy in Philly, they both, they on the, they on the lives trying to get their videos off as they get arrested and, and, and walked out. It's like a game for them. Yeah. It'll be fucked up if the players are, you know what? Nah. Tell them niggas none of them can come. Friends and family only. Now you're in the pickle. <laughs> now you're in the pickle. So now you go from Malice in the Palace. We would have to get a two Malice, two Palace to get some more change. Thanks. Because God mean, forbid, like we're not advocating violence. At all. But it's a lot of thugs behind the, there's a lot of, it's like the, the, the keyboard thugs, the niggas who talk crazy on, online and all that shit, talk crazy and text and all that shit. And then you see them and it's like, ah. I was just playing. Literally. That's how the fans are. But instead of I'm just playing, it's, yo, can I get a pick? Bro, wasn't you just in the stands and you was talking about my mom? Didn't you and say you were talking about my, my wife? Didn't you tell my dad you put a nickel on my back and call me boy? What, what, now you want to pick because we, nah. Yes. nah. nah. What, if I, what if I turn you into the boy? Now what? Now I'm, now I'm, Headline of the news. Now I'm drawn. Now I'm now I'm the fuck drawn. <laughs> now I'm the headline bull. Star NBA multi-millionaire on John I'm the bad guy. Because all I did was stand up for my basic decency and respect, which is what people aren't getting right now. It's wild. <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to continue. I don't know what they can even do to try to stop it because it's like, it's hard to police racism, I guess. You know, I, I guess. I, I don't I don't know if there's rules and regulations to that or if it's just predicated around like slow progress for the black athlete, but something has to change. I mean, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, even I mean, but shout out to the players though for at least like somewhat like I mean, even Trey Young like not pressing charges on that guy like even though I believe he should have like just the fact that like even him just having just the respect for himself and just being able to take the high road in that type of situation is kind of crazy. Like I just don't know if I I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Like I just don't know if I'm that guy to take like especially me right now. I don't know. Like maybe me five years down the road, like Trey Young's still a young guy too. For him just not to go through that litigation process is crazy. Like Russell Westbrook's um litigation for that incident that happened in Utah just got resolved this past year. Like and I and I, I fully back him for doing that. Like y'all know, I'm not a crazy fan of his play. But here's the difference: like I'm not a crazy fan of his play. I'm never gonna say anything about his <laughs> character because I have I have, I have like, I have some respect. I can differentiate the two. They're different. 
And what you said about Trey Young is like this unique thing that black people are able to do. And it's like, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of outright brandish racism, black people always be like, ah, I ain't got time to go through all that, man. Just he'll get what's coming to him. Karma will get him. And, you know, it's like, we don't even want to add insult to injury when we're the victims most time, most of the time. Literally. Taking that high road is a thing that black people do a lot when it comes to racist things and racism in general. And like, God forbid we didn't do that. <laughs> no, God forbid we didn't make, turn everything negative into some type of joke. <laughs> you know, like if we were, if, if, if these guys were playing in a local YMCA and someone threw a bottle at one of the dudes, like, yeah, it might be a little scuffle and all that, but afterwards it'll turn in like random, random basketball player carrier and go home to his folks or, or to his friends who weren't there and like, yeah, bro, like some nut ass bull threw a, a bottle at me, you know, I got at him, but yeah, what y'all trying to do later on? Just rolling it off the back, not even realizing that it's he did that because he doesn't like something about me. And it can't be sports related because no one gets that mad for no reason. And he was mad because you stepped on a thing that you've been stepping on throughout the whole damn game, both teams. You stepped, you stepped on the thing where the game starts off and everyone actually, you know, you know when uh, the Reebok commercial comes on and it's do 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 do. Allen Iverson and them niggas dribbling and <laughs> Jada kissing them niggas in the background. They doing the, the, yeah. the squeaky noise and all that. When the ref is dribbling the ball around, everyone's you know stretching out before they tip it up. All you see is all fucking 10 of them guys scrubbing their feet on whatever logo is at the center. So now all of a sudden we care about the logo. But it's the same people who love Baker Mayfield spiking the flag. I was just about to say that shit. It's like, oh, he's so cool, man. Yeah, fuck that. Oklahoma State soon. I fucked with it too, though. I fucked with it too. I was here for it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool because you know what? Who the fuck cares about the logo? Yeah. Like clowns like KG talking about that's disrespectful. Bro, you're were you're rumored to talk about mellow, your wife tastes like Cheerios. So which one's more disrespectful? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we'll get out is do I need to take a picture with the flash on and bring you back to life? <laughs> you and big big baby Davis, because it's like, bro. Why are you the only thing y'all was silent the whole time? Y'all first comment on the whole situation is what Kyrie did to Lucky, not what niggas is doing to Kyrie. That's weird. That's weird business right there. That's a great point. I don't give a fuck if you from Illinois, South Carolina, North Carolina, Maine, Augusta, Georgia. I don't care. Your first comment is damn, what my nigga do? Why he do that to Lucky? That's my guy, huh? Big baby talking about yeah, we well, you know that uh, people people get hurt outside of basketball and stuff like that. You gonna fight Kyrie Irving over a, 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 over what a logo? Who get who fights? Wait wait wait, big baby, who fights over that, bro? Who who? Oh, I get it. Stuff outside of over a logo. Who where, where they do that at? You know, he's the same bull who probably be like, yeah, I never experienced racism in my time in Boston. And it's like, yeah, bro, but like, I don't really care what you say because I saw Bill Russell have his jersey ceremony and his induction and all that. And he requested for family, friends, and coaches. When it's zero fans there, for what reason? 
because he know what's up in Beantown. Mm-hmm. You know, if if and Big Baby hit me up when you when your jersey fit again, bro. Yeah, bro. Like we're not. I'm not. I'm not here for that. You're trying to come back and double back and get all these brownie points after the fact for who? Like you're not getting hired, bro. Just chill. <laughs> you do some type of you know quick spot. You try and get on the radio or some shit for a couple of days. Like that's not the way to go. You should that be supportive it. for the black athlete. Literally. Not a fan. But this is something that you're a fan of that I that, that you were talking to me earlier about. You want to get it off your chest? Is it a good yeah. thing? Is it a bad thing? Because you only you only teased me a little bit. You only you only hinted to it. Yeah, so I mean it's it's actually not a bad thing today for the yay. Like it's actually something that kind of you know warmed my heart a little bit. So I was I was on Twitter, I think, and I had saw some shit to where um, it was an article on Bloomberg.com, um, and it was about Black people getting reparations. Now, we all know, like, Black people. Hi, somebody, y'all. <laughs> poor people. <laughs> With your broke ass. <laughs> With your broke ass. <laughs> oh, but it's like, Black <laughs> No, but Black people have been clamoring for reparations for years on years. Um, the Asians got their reparations. The Jews got their reparations. For something that ain't even happened in America, but keep going. Native Americans got their reparations. Black people is the only people that ain't get their reparations. And we wonder why. And we wonder why we still are at the at the height uh, of, of issues in this country. Um, so, but anywho, back to the good story. Reading the story, and it was basically about this, this small town, Evanston in Illinois, and um how you know these these black it was a black community uh that was really uplifted um and and basically segregated into one spot which is basically redlining and um so the state because of this you know there was a few people in the article that were telling their stories of their great of their great grandparents and stuff that uh that you know they had to deal with um and so uh the city is uh is one of the first cities in the U.S. to attempt to uh, readdress such harm uh, that they, uh, you know, did to Black Americans, and it begins with a ten million dollar ten year local reparations program uh, to pay down its debt to Black residents, um, starting with housing. Uh, so the one of the main stories in the article was this Black family. They were in um, a whitish neighborhood and. Uh, basically the local government and police give them an option of being evicted or then having their house where they had indoor plumbing, um, running water, uh, having that house be basically picked up, lifted and put into um, that black area, which essentially is a project um, where, you know, there were no paved roads, no running water, uh, limited indoor plumbing. And uh, so, you know, that family is now receiving uh, or in the process of trying to receive and recoup some of that money back, which is nice to see. Just wanted to get your feelings on that, um, kind of how that made you feel. It actually warmed my heart a little bit. You know, there's some type of progress, some, you know, stuff that we're doing here, stuff that, you know, people are doing out there on the streets is making some type of progress, is invoking some type of change. Uh, just nice to see, man. No, it's, it's definitely dope. You know, it's, it's interesting because like that good news comes, you know, 
a day or so after the 100th anniversary of what's going on and what, what happened in Tulsa. And it's like, it's, it's, it's like a two-way mirror almost. Cause like you see what happened in the past, fast forward to what's going on right now with what you shared. And like, you tell that story to someone older than us, some of our elders and they they might break down and cry a little bit because right. never in their lifetime would they even think that there would be any type of small incremental progress towards rape, to, towards reparations because it's something that you would think at the bare minimum they would do because you know in theory like not even theory like the facts of the matter is like black people created this country built this country <laughs> built the entire thing like from inventions to structures to just you know coach everything was predicated off of the black body and the black back so for us to not even get some type of reparations for that work and that struggle on top of being enslaved is crazy but it's almost like we need to continue however we are, however we have been to keep pushing the ball forward because while we're doing that, we also have to pay attention to what's trying to be changed and what's trying to be passed at lower levels because they're trying to whitewash the curriculum of education more than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. Like there's states in small towns within states in maybe Utah, for example, who are trying to make it so you don't learn about racism or don't learn about the plight of the black body. And it's, it's happening right the, now in Texas, actually. It's happening yeah, right that's now. That's the alarming thing because it's like, oh, you guys can inflict racism, but your children can't learn about it because maybe mm -hmm. you guys are doing the wrong shit. But to me, the fact that they're even trying to implement these laws means that the table's getting shook. And as that table's getting shook, we're starting to see reparations fall out the cracks. And small states and small, I mean, not even small states, small cities are starting to do, trying to make it, they're efforting the right thing. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's definitely a feel-good story, though. Yeah. It's too it, 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 it's a great story because it's like, oh, well, maybe, just maybe, a little bit of something is, 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 is starting, to, starting to change. Literally. Hopefully, hopefully all this work that people have been putting in um, is, is good. And, and, and the fact that we're continually, you know, pushing that ball forward and, and, and having it, you know, get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's a success. I know a lot of people in a lot of different fields are doing a lot of different things to help black people because um, we need the help everywhere. So hopefully we just keep pushing forward as a unit, as one. And uh, hopefully we get this shit figured out. <laughs> okay, man, I don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but the ball's moving and, you know, reparations in Evanston is dope. So hopefully we can get it worldwide. That'll be, uh, that'll be to be determined. But I know one thing. LeBron James better go fucking Space Jam tonight or I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I'm not playing. I don't want to hear that shit. Ooh, fucking woo woo. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. What more can I say?